Welcome to Easy Money. I'm Jill, the money coach. I know what it's like to push through, to white knuckle it, to put in the time and get no results. I know what it's like to wonder what's the right way and to constantly worry about doing it all wrong. I've learned a whole lot from doing things the hard way. That's why I help coaches go from doing everything the hard way to making money easy. You want to create your dream life and dream business that's all about being free to do what you want, spend what you want, and build the future you want and do it all with ease? In this podcast, I bring you simple strategies for success for your business that make money easy. So it's time for easy money. Are you ready? Well then, let's go. Hey there, I'm Jill, the money coach, and I am so happy to be here today on Easy Money Podcast. You are going to love this episode. I am having a conversation with Siri Kimball. Siri is the coach and founder of Siri Kimball Coaching and creator of Food Business Success. Siri has held just about every position in the CPG food industry, from grocery buyer to selling local produce wholesale into stores, running a commissary kitchen to starting her own food business, then store marketing director and buyer for Whole Foods Market. Since going on her own in 2015, Siri has made it her mission to help packaged food entrepreneurs entrepreneurs start and scale profitable businesses with Siri Kimball Coaching and Food Business Success. As a business coach for food founders, Siri helps her clients go after a big goal to get them to the next level of success in their CPG business, whether it's to launch a new product, go into manufacturing, pitch to major retailers, or expand their online sales. Her system of accountability, support, and expertise combined with life coach training get her clients results every time. Siri Kimball Coaching helps entrepreneurs take their business to the next level of success. She helps founders take their business from a hobby and step into being the CEO of their business, whether that's to get on store shelves, Amazon, bring on employees, or go into co-packing or build out their own manufacturing space. Oh my gosh. You are going to love this conversation with Siri. Uh, it was such a gift to me, and I am so glad that it was recorded so that you could share in all of this goodness. She is so transparent and so generous. She loves helping other entrepreneurs win in their business, and this podcast is such a great example of her generosity. She's just so open and vulnerable. She's willing to talk about her struggles so that other entrepreneurs don't have to feel like they're alone in their own struggles in their business. So often, we only see the good parts of people's businesses, how successful they are or how much money they make. And so that makes it sometimes feel like we're all alone, like we're the only ones who aren't getting it, like we're the only ones that aren't haven't figured out how to make it work. So it's so refreshing to hear her talk about her struggles and also to talk about the success that came from her being willing to keep betting on herself, to keep doubling down, to keep honoring her word to herself. Essentially, just to keep going and keep trying and keep giving herself grace. 
as she shares, it doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to do everything perfectly in order for it to work out perfectly and to become successful. It will happen. This was such an amazing conversation that you get to listen in on with Siri Kimball. So I hope you enjoy. Hey, Siri, it's so good to have you here on the podcast. It, it hardly seems like it was a year since I showed up as a guest on your podcast. I can't believe it seems like, you know, just a couple of months ago, but it's been an entire year. So it's so good to have you here. Yes. Thank you, Jill. It's so fun to be on your podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess for a long time, I wasn't, I, you know, I wanted to have a conversation with you, but our niches, our audiences are so different, or it seems yeah. like they, they are, you know, with yours being food products and mine being coaches, uh, with limited money mindset, I just didn't see the connection. And so when I finally did see the connection, I was like, yes, let's do it. <laughs> so I would love uh, to hear more about, I would love to, for you to share with my audience, you're probably, your audience probably knows a lot about you already, but um, maybe not so much for my audience, but so I'd like to talk about your background, your story, you know, some of the struggles that brought you where you are today, because, you know, I love where you are today and I love, um, sort of that flavor that you give your business of, you know, doing, having generosity as a business strategy, which is what a lot of what we're going to talk about today. And I would love for you to share kind of the things that led up to that. Yeah, thanks. Well, everything in its perfect time, right? <laughs> it's like, exactly. It all came together at the right time. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here today and talk about this topic. I think uh, this is a game changer for a lot of coaches and, and working through your, your money mindset and making money easy, right? <laughs> yeah. It's definitely helped me in my journey, but yeah, to go back. Um, so I work with packaged food businesses. That's my niche. It's a kind of an unusual niche. There's not a whole lot of us out there. Um, but people, the way I describe it is you make something delicious in your home kitchen and then everybody tells you you should start a business. And a lot of people don't, but there are people that are like, yeah, I think I want to do that. I'm called to entrepreneurship. And then they start Googling and they realize it's a lot harder <laughs> than they thought. Uh, and so hopefully they find me and I help them on their journey. I have an online course and then I, and program, and then I also do one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching which I just added, uh, last fall as I, after I got certified through the life coach school, um, as, as a coach. So, you know, life is business, business is life. You can't, uh, <laughs> the two need to go hand in hand, right? Yeah, coaching exactly. And how, yeah. And everything so, flows over between the two. It's like, if you have a problem oh, in your yeah. life, chances are showing up in your business, even if you're not conscious of it yet, and vice yes. versa. <laughs> I always think whenever I hear, uh, you know, how you do one thing is how you do most mm -hmm. things or everything. I always think of you. So <laughs> I associate <laughs> that phrase with you. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I can touch on a little bit on my, you know, my 
struggles for sure. Um, I don't know how far you, <laughs> how far you want me to go back. Like there's well, sort of me at my retreat. Um, one thing you had talked about was sort of that, that gap. I don't know if you would call it a gap year, but it was like a gap year <laughs> where you were, you had, um, left whole foods and yeah. I might get some of these details wrong. So correct me. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Um, you had left whole foods and you wanted to strike out on your own. Yeah. And you had some struggles there. And I think talk like, take us through that journey where you were like, you got to this point where it was, you know, quit or die trying type of thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Take us through that, that journey, if you will. Yeah. So yeah, how I got involved in this industry is, uh, through whole foods market. I've had a lot of other food industry jobs as well. So, um, I was laid off, uh, in fall of 2015. And in addition, I call that year, the year I blew up my life where I got a divorce. I was no longer a homeowner, a dog owner. I had a diagnosed gluten allergy. I moved into my, my mom's basement. It was a year. Mm. <laughs> and then it, wow. we capped it all off with, um, getting laid off from, from whole foods. And I really looked at that even though it was a tough year as a gift of like, how do I want to reinvent myself? You remove all the labels. Okay. Now what? And I, I had this like, Hmm, I wonder maybe I could do something on my own. I have a story that I do not come from a family of entrepreneurs, right. That, um, I'm not an entrepreneur. So it was, it was not something I stepped into easily and it's definitely been a struggle for a, you know, high achieving perfectionist <laughs> leaning <laughs> on ang- anxious personality. Um, yeah. So I, I knew I wanted to go in that direction and I kind of, like you said, it's a, a gap year is a good way to describe it. Like I gave myself the freedom. Um, you know, I was living in my mom's basement, not paying rent. I had my uh, divorce settlement and my severance. So I said, you know, let's just take a little time and kind of see what, you know, see what, let's just experiment a little and see what comes up. And so I helped a a friend opened a restaurant and created some of her programs. I worked in a commissary kitchen, which is really where this whole idea developed of helping packaged food business entrepreneurs. Mm. And, um, yeah, just kind of gave myself some time to experiment and explore. And, uh, and then I decided, yes, I started a LLC and said, I'm, you know, I'm in business for myself. And I got a couple of clients. Some of them were sort of in the food industry. And then I was, you know, just going out there and trying things, making offers. And, uh, I did do some very low, uh, low paid consulting through our small business development center. And that gave me some good experience. So things were kind of like, I was like, okay, I'm figuring this out. Um, it wasn't exactly like I was paying my bills with it, but <laughs> and it was like, it's working. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself some patience and grace here. And then, uh, about a year, I guess a year and a half into it, everything fell apart. Um, my two big clients that were really paying the bills, uh, they 
both imploded uh, in the same month. Mm. And I had one client that was like, had taken a chance on me in the food industry. And then I had my um, consulting with the small business development center. And I really did. I fell, I fell apart. That was where I was, I was having panic attacks. I was like, wow. it is time to get a real job. This, what am I doing? <laughs> this is so crazy. Um, it was a rough, rough time. Um, you know, I, I was learning a lots of hard lessons. I, uh, had put so much into those two clients. Like they were, you know, like I didn't spread my basket out enough. Yeah. I, they were like the main ones. And then, um, and then I got a cease and desist letter on my business name and yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. I got like a very formal oh letter in, through FedEx. You could definitely and- have thought, <laughs> yes, this is not happening for me. I know. I was like, this is a sign from the universe that it's yeah. time to get oh a real gosh. job. Like, like that was fun way to play. And you know, my runway had, was really running out and I was like, I got to make, I either got to make this work or not. And I, I actually found, um, a, a job that was exactly what I wanted to be doing through the state of Colorado. And it, it was like, it was made for me. Right. And then they offered it to me, of course, and it, they pay, it paid like $40,000. And I was like, huh, all right, this is a moment, right? <laughs> am I gonna, <laughs> am I gonna change my business name? Start fresh. Am I going to, um, you know, what am I going to do here? Am I going to take this job and be in a government job. That's exactly what I want to be doing, but it pays, you know, not enough for me to even really live, live in Denver. Uh, and so I, you know, after a lot of soul searching and some lots of time spent in the fetal position <laughs> in the kitchen, uh, I love just, your honesty. You know, I know <laughs> like there were, there was a lot of complete panic vulnerability, <laughs> transparency. I mean, and, and that's the thing, right? Because if you, we're not the only ones that suffer from these crazy things happening to us and just ending up, um, yeah. feeling like we are not supposed to be doing this, or I am not, I, I don't have what it takes or, you know, any of the millions of thoughts that we tend to think as yeah. entrepreneurs, <laughs> was, like, I was kind of like, that was cute, Sari, way to try, you know, way to yeah. go after entrepreneurship. Yeah. So but if you're I, out there listening yeah. to this, just know that <laughs> you are not alone. You, this is normal. <laughs> I know I'm like that, that was rough. So I did decide to, um, double down. I bought a thousand dollar course on how to make an online course. And, um, I just said, all right, I'm going to go all in and I'm going to start this online program and I'm going to give it my all. And we're just going to, let's just, I turned off all the job notifications. I said no to the, the safe job. And I said, I'm going to, I'm going to try this. And, uh, that was, uh, I went and did a, a corporate retreat of one at a hotel, uh, hotel room in Denver, 
uh, over Thanksgiving, like that weekend of after Thanksgiving and I mapped it all out and I just said, okay, I'm going to try this, uh, 2019 launch, launch this program. And, um, yeah, it was, uh, and then I actually found, uh, the life coach school at that point. So this is all like pre-model, right? So everything was happening to me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you still like made it to where you are. I, I think that's important to note. And one other thing that I picked up on that as you were talking is that you not only had to decide what to say yes to, you also had to decide what to say no to. You had to decide, okay, I'm turning off the job notifications. I'm saying no to a job so I can say yes to betting on myself. Right. Yeah. So good. I guess I went through in my own way, like, well, the worst thing that can happen is I fail and I go get another job, right? Like I can always get a job. Yeah. Uh, but what if I just bet on myself and went all in, you know, double down, didn't look back. And then if it fails, it, it fails. And at least I, I was kind of half in and half out. Right. And yeah. So just, at least you I, have I no regrets. At in. least, you know, that yeah. you gave it your all. Exactly. You know, what ifs later on. Right. But I will say I was doing it the hardest way I was I'm, I am very resilient. I always have been, there's been a lot of hardships in my life and I'm good at grinding it and gritting it. And like, I will get through this. Right. <laughs> but it's not fun I'll tell yeah. you that. or easy so, <laughs> or easy. It was definitely, yeah. Easy has not been a word I would normally, use, I would have used in my life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so fast forward to yeah today and give us a sense of like where you are right now, um, how you feel about your business, um, how far you've come and, and what your business looks like now. Yeah. So I just want to clear up the record. It's not like I went from like, (laughs) Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go all in and like, go do this. And then it's like, snap your fingers and it magically all works. Like, no, no. Yeah. We're only fast forwarding in the story, not in, not in, not in the journey. I tried a lot of things, (laughs) a lot of things that didn't work, but I was learning. I joined scholars and I was learning how to manage my mind. Um, I did have a coach at that point who was helping me just a few hours a week, just to kind of see the forest from the trees. But I, so I was getting it out there Um, and then, yeah, things, you know, I was taking action. And so things did start to happen. Um, and anybody who says, oh, just start an online course, you know, (laughs) it'll be easy. They are wrong. (laughs) It's not easy. Uh, I was literally like recording modules as people were going, you know, I had a couple of people going through the program, but, um, if, it keeps you, uh, keeps you accountable when <laughs> you know people are watching this. So and they're done. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just over the years. So that was 2019. And then, uh, I was getting what lots of, I was getting more one-on-one clients, honestly, than, than the online program, but I was a consultant. So I was building people's businesses for them. And there was a lot of just saying yes to things. Like 
I just, I just had a motto of like, I'm just going to say yes. And then I'll figure it out. (laughs) And so I did a lot of the entrepreneurial pieces of like getting over obstacles and problem solving and resilience. And, and so it was working and that I had, I started to get good clients. I was charging more money. Um, I was getting some people in my program over time. And then uh, 2020 happened and <laughs> I, uh, I just made a decision as we went into lockdown. I was dating a guy and I was like, oh, I don't, I don't want you in my bubble. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I realized I was like, you're not good for me. I don't want you in my bubble. So I broke up with him. I just decided to like double down and go all in on my business. Like it was scary, of course, uh, when everything was shutting down, but I thought I'm going to just stop drinking. I'm going to work on my health and I'm just going to like, what can I create in my business and how can I help people, um, as they navigate this. And honestly, you know, the pandemic was good for me in a way because well, in a lot of ways, but, um, people were open to entrepreneurship in a new way. Either they were at home, uh, playing around in the kitchen, experimenting, right. Everybody was making sourdough bread and (laughs) getting into Julia child cooking again. Right. So there was a lot of experimenting in the kitchen and then people who had had this idea, you know, for 10 years, I've been wanting to do this. It's like people were realizing like life is short. What do I really want to be doing? Maybe my job isn't so safe and secure. So I was in a fortunate position in a weird way that I already had an online program. I already had a YouTube channel. I had a presence. And so I just was like, I'm going to really double down on this and, and show up for people and show up for myself and my business. And, uh, that's when I met Dave Moreno and, uh, joined his first ever little mastermind that he had. And, um, yeah, paid $1,800, which was, um, (laughs) or yeah, $1,800 at that time, which felt like a really lot of money for me, (laughs) but I invested that in my business and, uh, yeah, fast forward. So now things are, um, really cruising along. I mean, it's not that there's not struggles and hardship by any means, but, um, it's like I've done, it's like the flywheel is moving and there's momentum there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, last year I created over 300,000 in my business Woo-hoo. and it was That's <laughs> blowing my own mind for yeah. sure. Yeah. And a million is next, right? Yeah. That, that's the goal. That's what yeah, I'm working on this year. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's one of the goals you wrote down at, when you were at my retreat last year. Yes. I, I think you probably had that goal before, but that was like one of the first ones in your list. When we talked about, you know, reaching all of your financial goals. Yeah. That was one of them. And so that's what you're working on this year. So, I mean, last year when I was on your podcast, um, April was the month that you did on your podcast, the series you did on money. And one Mm -hmm. of those things was the generosity challenge. And you did that again 
this year. So where did the generosity come in the journey? Um, is that just the way that you've always been, or did that show up as a result of some of the struggles that you described? Yeah. Um, I think, I think I have always been a generous person in my like formative years, I guess. Um, but I think as I, as I look back, I really shut that part down in my twenties. It's like, as I went through more hardships and, you know, getting hurt and on and on and on, I think I really like stuff that part down where I was like, I'm not going to give until somebody else gives. And I really, there was a lot. I had really yeah. like hardened it's my like heart protection to. mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it really coincided nicely with our conversation you and I had last year, because it was really not that like just before that I kind of challenged myself to this generosity. So my, um, sorry, it's really windy here. <laughs> like my umbrella just <laughs> flew over. It's fine. Um, but my grandmother had, uh, passed away the year prior in 2020. And she left us, uh, all the grandkids, a little bit of money. And so it was about $4,000 and, uh, she was a hard woman, but she was also very generous in her way, like generous with her time. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I was thinking about her and I was thinking about kind of my own money situation and, I mean, even just listening to some of your work and working with Dave and like, like it still feels really hard. I remember thinking like, I'm just taking my clients money, you know, and there was that word taking, right. And it just didn't feel like money was very easy. And so somehow I got it in my brain. I don't know how, but I decided to get the money, all the money from my grandma into a hundred dollar bills. And I started kind of putting hundred dollar bills around <laughs> the house. And so that I could see it like, Oh, look at how abundant I am and look at how much money there is. And then somehow I got the idea. I'm like, I'm going to take a thousand dollars of that money and I'm just going to go and have fun spending it. And I guess actually I have a friend, Mark, who's like super, super generous. And so he maybe sparked the idea he always like over tips, like ridiculously over tips. And then we went to a restaurant and he's like, choose somebody. And I was like, what? And he's like, pick somebody. And then we, he picked up their meal, you know, and we were oh, like cool. giggling in the corner and, you know, we don't tell them. And, and it was just so fun. And so I kind of got a little taste of that. And I said, I'm going to go take this thousand dollars and just see how much I can do with it, how much fun I can have. And the first one I did was with my hairstylist. And I was like, it was not fun. It was actually really uncomfortable. I was like, it was me being vulnerable. And like, she, I know it's like, I'm giving her a hundred dollars, but like as a tip, you know, but I thought, what if she's like, thinks I'm super weird or she's like, what are you doing? And I, I didn't really want her to see. And I was like kind of excited, but also really uncomfortable. It was, I know you should be just like, that was amazing, but it was incredibly uncomfortable for me. Mm, that's interesting. Um, 
Yeah. And so I was noticing that. And then I decided to do, um, I, you know, I work with people who do farmer's markets. And so I went to a farmer's market and I just thought I'm going to spend this money and really love the process and buy stuff I wouldn't normally buy. And I ended up paying it forward with a lot of people, you know, cause I don't eat gluten. So I was like, just, you know, the next person that comes up, like buy them their bread, you know? And so just this paying it forward. And I, it's like, it unlocked something in me. I was giddy. I, I mean, it was uncomfortable, but then at the end, I was just like, I could not stop smiling. I just, mm. it was like the biggest high I had experienced in, in most of my life. And, and I just thought, huh, like, <laughs> what is that about? You know? And then I think I even told, shared that, um, on when you and I were talking on the podcast. So it was just starting then. And, um, over time I, you know, you're like, how hard is it to spend a thousand dollars, but <laughs> even just carrying money, like having ones or fives and like giving it to somebody on the street, right. It's uncomfortable to walk up to a stranger and like give them money. It really is. Yeah. It's, so it, it really helped to break me open and, and just give without expectation, see how much fun I could have, how much I could brighten up somebody's day, like just wow them and, and try to stay as anonymous as possible. Right. That's even the more fun of it. Um, and then the, you know, the bonus of all of that is I, I was having so much more fun, and I was seeing money in a new way as like a tool. Mm. And, and I feel like and ultimately as a gift. As a gift. Yeah. Oh, and it was wow. coming back to me Ooh, in I ways that. that I, I know. So it really changed my philosophy about money, my relationship and that, um, using it as a strategy, right. That the more I can give without expectation and give with fun and knowing that more money is always coming and that it always comes back to me. Like it does. It always yeah. comes back to me. So it got easier. Mm -hmm. And now how easy is it? Like, how do you ever have a discomfort when you give money or give anything? Um, I would say I don't have as much discomfort with giving it. I still have little thoughts that creep in like, Ooh, that's a lot. You know, even like I, uh, when my clients launch their product, for instance, I always try to be the first one to buy it or, uh, you know, and sometimes I'm like, Ooh, that's a lot of money or I don't want to pay that for shipping. And then I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> this is part of generosity. Just, you know, just bite the bullet. It's fine. More money's always coming. So, you know, I still have my little, yeah, like, the way I was raised and how you, you know, you don't splurge or you, know, yeah. you should save money and all of that, but it's, it's definitely a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting how the more you were able to use, I guess, generosity just as a, um, as a strategy or a, a tool or a technique for developing your relationship with money. Yeah. Um, 
and then it became, it sounds like it became just a strategy sort of just became the way you do business in your life and in your, and in your business just became a part of who you are. And I tried to do it in other ways too, besides money, you know, cause sometimes people are like, Oh, money. All you talk about is money. It's like, no, we can also, it's also really uncomfortable to offer a stranger a compliment. Right. Yeah. And so just for, you know, getting myself out of myself and uh, not making it all about me, but like looking around and being like, okay, I'm going to go to an event and I'm going to compliment 10 women on something, you know, notice, notice that, or I'm going to, um, I was doing, uh, some challenges for myself where I would text somebody every day, you know, somebody I care about and just say something nice to them and, um, thinking about them. And so just how can I be generous in lots of ways? And I, you know, I give a lot away. I I really just have a philosophy in my business that I'm just going to give it all away. And then some people are going to want to work with me in, you know, in different capacities and, and that that's going to be really attractive, and yeah. so, yeah, it does, it has become a strategy and it's a strategy to create money, but it's also a strategy just to have fun. Yeah. If I'm, I'm going to do this, like, let's make it fun. Yeah. And I've never been like a super playful person. I consider myself a, probably a little more on the serious side. So this is one way that I can have fun. Like it feels true and authentic for me. Yeah. Yeah. And just, um, because, you know, we're in a lot of the same groups, um, just watching, I I have been extremely impressed at just how much you really do for other people, um, just in encouraging them and supporting them in different ways. Like you'll go and listen to people's podcasts and you'll, you know, say, Hey, this is a really great podcast. You guys should go listen to it. And that's just, to me, that's like, Oh, I want to be more like that. (laughs) So, I mean, to me, it's been such an example of what, um, you know, just, just thinking outside the box of all of the things that you can do when it comes to being generous. it's like pretty much anything you can think or imagine is some, some way that you can use in, you know, to advance your general, your strategy of generosity. And I I just love that so much. Um, Yeah. I think about, you know, for people listening here and what I did with my audience was challenge generosity challenge. And now I've done it two years in a row, but, um, you know, I encourage my people to physically go out and spend, you know, take a little money, uh, and go out to a farmer's market and enjoy the process of being sold to and pay it forward. Um, because I know my clients, a lot of them are like, I would never pay $12 for my granola, but like they think they want other people to buy it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need to like get it. Yeah. Train them into the habit of, um, you know, being willing, open to spending money and, and it's value, right? We're still getting an exchange of value. And then I also encourage like, instead of, and this is where coaching, you know, for coaches, it's like, instead of just posting something on social media or your podcast, and then sitting around and waiting for other people to like, and comment or listen, like be the first one, go first and post your stuff. And then go 
comment on 10 other people's posts Mm. or go listen to other people's podcasts and share it. Like you can lead, you can go first and instead of it making it about you go out and like, go give first give, and then it will come back. I promise. Oh boy. That's good. Now, a lot of my clients have, um, have stories about time. Yes. (laughs) Like there's not like, because I can see, I mean, and even myself, when you said that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that sounds like it takes so much time. (laughs) (laughs) So I know that, you know, my clients listening are going to be like, oh my gosh, but I don't have time. So how would you respond to that? (laughs) Well, I think if you make it part of the strategy, like you just find it doesn't take very long. I mean, or you listen to the podcast kind of in the background or, you know, sometimes I don't listen to the whole thing, but I listen to a little bit of it and just pull one nugget out. I think it's just when it's a strategy, you figure out a way to, to squeeze it in yeah. and you change your mindset that, oh my gosh, this is going to take so much time. And instead it's like, all right, I have 20 minutes to do my post and that's going to include going and cheering on some other people. And so you create constraint, right? Like, I'm not going to spend 20 minutes on my post, but I'm going to spend 20 minutes on it as a whole. Mm. And so that's part of the, the whole post of your social media is also going to other people. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And when it's a strategy, yeah. When it's a strategy, you make it possible. Mm -hmm. You make the time. And, oh, and you also make it, when you make it a strategy, you also make it easy and you make it fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because oftentimes once you're in, you know, just social media as an example, once you're in it, you're like, oh, you start scrolling through or, you know, and you see stuff and it's like, how much longer it takes like an extra 10 seconds to do an emoji and (laughs) say, great job (laughs) or love this. Yeah. Uh, it takes like almost no more time than what you're scrolling through. And if you find yourself saying, why is nobody posting? Why is nobody listening? Why is nobody responding? Instead of using the brain space to be in a pity party, use Mm. the brain space to go out and do it for somebody else. What you're asking people to do for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah, if you want somebody to pay $12 for your controller, then go pay $12 for somebody else's stuff. Yeah. 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 I love it. So yeah, this generosity thing has, has made you sort of a badass when it comes to being generous. Right. And, and that's also part of your strategy, right? Being a badass. Yeah. I, um, you know, I'm, I definitely, for me, being a badass is really about honoring my word first and foremost, um, because I, I didn't do a good job of that for most of my life. And then I would beat myself up and then, right. So lots of starts and stops. And I think when I finally, um, you know, using like the badass 30 challenge and, and coaching tools, um, now I, you know, I get so much more done and I, you know, have the podcast and the YouTube channel and the groups and my one-on-one coaching and social media and all of it. And it's like, 
I plan it out. I put it on my calendar and I do it no matter what. Right. Mm, <laughs> like, I like that. No matter that's what. where it starts for me. Yeah. So you've and, made it non-negotiable. Yeah. So being a badass, being a badass is just being you no matter what, making that non-negotiable, yeah. like who you truly are at your core is who you're showing up as now, not necessarily who you were showing up as in the past. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is more authentically me and feels more real. And when I, you know, it's, I don't get it right. A hundred percent of the time, but I trust myself mm. so much, yeah, so much more than I ever did. Uh, where I would make commitments and then break them. And, and I don't know, you know, mostly to myself, right. We're really Mm -hmm. good at keeping commitments Mm -hmm. to others. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so you always, you know, you always coach and teach on the things you had to learn most, but I find a lot of my clients don't, they show up for everybody else and their job and their family and everything. And then when it comes to their business, they don't show up in the same way. And so everything goes a lot slower. So I would say everything just picked up for me when I was having more fun, which was through generosity. And then as I developed and practiced and built the muscle of honoring my word and showing up no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. So generosity doesn't just apply to other people. It applies to yourself. And that's what you just I mean, that's what leads to trusting yourself. That's what leads to showing up for yourself, just like you would somebody else is being generous to yourself, just like you would someone else. So generous, being generous when it comes to investing in yourself and betting on yourself and giving yourself grace. Yeah. Even just those compliments. And I, I listened to, I heard something about like the high five habit where you like high five yourself in the mirror, uh, at the beginning and end of the day, like do it while you're brushing your teeth and you literally like, you can't help, but like high fives have such a good connotation in our, in our society, you can't help, but like be a little uplifted you know, so you're supposed to like, look at yourself in the mirror and just be like, high five, Sari, you know? Yeah. And and so be more generous with, uh, compliments to myself and, uh, those kind of, you know, those things that help, help you move forward. Those little mind, mind hacks, or, you know, I'll finish something. I'll just be at my desk and give myself a high five. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that was awesome. Or even just telling somebody that like, I'm so proud of myself. I, you know, I did this hard thing and I'm really love it. And yeah. So yeah, we're not very kind with ourselves. Yeah. We don't celebrate wins nearly enough. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The, one of the groups that we're in, there's a wins channel and there was one posted the other day where the outcome wasn't necessarily, didn't sound like a win, but she counted yeah. it as a win anyway. And I was like, yes. I, I mean, I, I like wanted to high five her. I was like, yes. that is so awesome that she sees that as a win because it is, it's growth, it's resilience. It's, you know, showing up for yourself no matter what and celebrating what you've done no matter what the outcome is. And so I really, really love that. That's one of the biggest things that I try to 
to help people or to remind people to do because it's so important whenever you show show up for yourself to give yourself grace and and give yourself credit for what you did do and stop beating yourself up for what you didn't do or or the outcome you didn't get right yeah 100% yeah, I would say the other breakthrough that I really had last year, and that was um, right around your retreat and with Anke and the RTT was that I was really like, I was really still motivating myself out of pain and like that fear of self-loathing and beating myself up. Right. And so uh, I think working through a lot of that, um, was really crucial to like, okay, I'm just going to do this because I say I'm going to do it and I'm going to be kind to myself and generous to myself on the other side, no matter what. And instead of always, cause I'm an achiever, right. I, I love it. Right. I, I'm, I go, go, go. Um, but it's like, if you're always trying to get yourself motivated and get yourself going, through pain and through fear and anxiety of if you don't do it, then, you know, you're going to hate yourself on the other side. Like it's, it doesn't make it a very fun journey and it's, it's not going to help the money flow easily by any means. Yeah. Yeah. It is so much easier when you keep letting yourself off the hook, when you learn to that letting yourself off the hook is not a recipe for failure. It's actually a recipe for success. Yeah. Um, uh, that shift is unbelievable. I've made the same shift in the past year myself. And so, and you know, I'm, I can definitely see like the shift in your energy, um, since last year at this time, it just feels so it, it feels like it's so much easier for you. Yeah. I mean, it, it is definitely and everybody through. tells me now it looks like you're, it's so easy for you. And I think, Oh, you if you only knew <laughs> how hard it's been yeah. yeah, the story I have about how hard it's been, but yes, yeah. it does. I'm showing up more as me. And the more I lean into me and being authentic and the less I beat myself up yeah. and give myself generosity. And the more I lean into being generous with my yeah. time, with my words, with my money. Yeah. yeah. You're not too much. <laughs> That's an that has joke. been a story. Yes. <laughs> You're just, or right. I just say I am too much and it's awesome. Yeah. People love it. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, anything else that you have to share with anybody or, well, or I just want to really, uh, you know, give you kudos. And if anybody's on the fence or thinking about working with you or coming to your retreat, I mean, I felt like that was a really powerful retreat. Um, definitely, you know, we talked about before we start recording, just that want, I want what I want. And, uh, I know we worked through some of my stuff, even just around, like, is it okay to want the nice car and want, you know, the nice clothes and things like that? Because, you know, I look back on my life and like, I grew up in a very, um, you know, a very closed off household, like, and just that like women were supposed to 
stay at home and, and have children and, you know, go that traditional route. And it was never in my DNA or my, um, you know, history for me to make a lot of money. Right. And, Mm -hmm. and so kind of, it's been uncomfortable. It's been an uncomfortable journey for me to step into success and, and have success be safe. Yeah. Uh, like, can it be successful for me or can it be safe for me to make money? Because it does start putting you more in front of people, right? Like it's more visible. You can't hide. Mm. Uh, It gets harder to hide as you become more successful and make more money. And, and so I, I did find, you know, I, I love the retreat that you put on, uh, very valuable. And just that it did help me to kind of ease into like money is always coming and I, I can give it away, but I also, it's okay to spend it on me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And to want what I want. Right. And want the, want the nice car and, and want some of those nice things. Like, you know, I think when I got back, I, I bought a new couch, which will be, that was like October and it'll be here in a month. So (laughs) thanks to COVID, but I did buy it. So it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Just be generous, to be generous with permission Yeah, to do what you want, be who you want, want what you want. Yeah, absolutely. So money is just a tool. Money is super fun. Um, and for me, it's more fun with the generosity, right? If I was just holding it all in and like, this is mine. And, um, I think that would be, be a very different feeling. It would still feel like I'm taking money from my clients instead of I'm delivered, I'm giving amazing value and I'm giving way more than anybody's getting and without expectations, but it just opens it up to possibility for me and my business. Yeah. Yeah. So good. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for sharing some tough things and some awesome things. Uh, yeah. Just goes to show you life is truly 50, 50. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is. But I do think when you open it up, like now I think of like the 50 on the good is like amazing. And there's some amazing, huge things that I never thought would be possible. And then I feel like I can manage the, yeah. the harder stuff, right. It's not as hard and negative, you know, it's not like for every amazing thing, there has to be some highly, highly terrible. Thing. Right. Right. But the and the strength and 50, the courage 50. and the resilience that you develop makes that negative 50, not quite as yeah. hard. Right. Yeah. And you allow it and you're just like, yep, that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm here for it all. That's <laughs> one of my all. favorite things to believe. I'm yeah. here for it all. That's right. Yep. I love it. Thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Well, thanks so much. I love this conversation and I can't wait to talk again. Wow. So what did you think? So many great takeaways from this conversation. I don't even know how to sum it all up, but here goes. And I would love for you to share your favorites with me. So just email me at jillthemoneycoach at gmail.com and let me know what parts were your favorites. There are there were so many great lessons as we listened to Siri's story 
And I mean, she was just doing life the way she thought she was supposed to do it. But just because it looked picture perfect doesn't mean that it was picture perfect. She talked about the year her life blew up. I mean, that was tough, but her story didn't stop there. She lost her job at Whole Foods. Again, her story didn't end there. She got her business working and then she said it all fell apart. And her, still, her story did not stop there. She could definitely have taken everything that was happening as signs that, you know, this just didn't, you know, wasn't meant for her. But she persevered. She kept going. She kept believing. She went in all in. She bet on herself. She doubled down on that bet <laughs> many times and eventually it paid off and last year she generated over 300,000 in revenue and this year her goal is a million so I just love I just love her story and I love her grit and her determination and I just think she's amazing. <laughs> but I loved her story about generosity being a tool to help her connect to a better relationship with money. It was uncomfortable for her at first, but now it makes her business fun. And I love that so much. And she's not just generous with money, but she's generous with time, with energy, with attention, with compliments, with support of fellow entrepreneurs. And of course, with her clients. Generosity has really just become a fun way of life for her. She just has fun doing that. And it's incredible to hear her talk about uh, how much that has enriched her life in ways that she never even knew were possible or never even knew she wanted even. Um, so the lesson here is that you have to be willing to try things and you have to be open to them completely changing your life. And not usually, I mean, not always, but not even not usually in the way that you expect or in the way that you want, but in a way that is above and beyond all that you have imagined for yourself. So when you make generosity a strategy, you make it easier, you make it more fun. Life, money, business, all becomes easier, all becomes more fun. And I love how she talked about how she's showing up now is the most authentic version of herself that she's ever been. And this is, this is uh, part of the journey that I've been on this last year as well is just becoming more and more me. And as I become more and more me, I can see how more doors, more um, opportunities are opening up for success and for that life vision and for that business vision that I have. So she's such an amazing badass, such an inspiration. And just I'll leave you with this. The most important thing is to keep going because the last thing you want to do is to quit when you are literally steps away from cresting that hill that changes everything for you. So I hope you enjoyed our conversation and I just want to give you a heads up that there's more where that came from. I'm having more fantastic conversations with coaches and entrepreneurs coming up in the month of June. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one. You will love these conversations that I have. It just so many different topics that we get to cover and so many different thought leaders that I get to have these conversations with. 
Um, and just so you know, you heard Siri talk a little bit about her amazing experience at 2021 Elevate Retreat. Well, I want to let you know that registration for 2022 Elevate Retreat opens soon. It actually is opening June 15th and it will be open for a limited time. So don't miss your opportunity to come to Nashville and design your own customized selling process. 2022 Elevate Retreat is all about selling without rules. If you struggle with the rules of selling, if you struggle with feeling pushy, feeling needy, feeling graspy, or just feeling sleazy when you're selling, then this retreat is for you. You can learn more by visiting www.dillwrightcoaching.com slash elevate dash retreat. So be sure to sign up before registration closes June 26th. I'll see you next week.